Amen. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Welcome to Sunday School. I just want to start by saying thank you very much to those of you who were praying for us when we were at a conference in Gauteng. It was indeed a blessed conference, a successful conference, and we bless the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I'm just going to share with you something that's also close to my heart. You know that we like talking about faith. Because that's what works. Amen. 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 Because that's what gives us victory on the earth. And that's how God created the heavens and the earth. That's how Jesus lived through this earth and was victorious. So we cannot ignore that. Okay, just to give you an introduction. When the disciples of Jesus were working with Jesus, they could see what faith can do. Imagine if you were a disciple of Jesus, wounding with Jesus at that time. Seeing him opening the eyes of the blind, seeing him calming the storms, seeing him doing all those great and mighty things. How would you have felt? You would have felt you were in good company, isn't it? But now the disciples, there was one time when they even came to Jesus and said, Lord, we see what you are doing, but can you increase our faith? So I just want to put that challenge to all of us today that sometimes you feel like my faith is not enough. Think, Lord, increase my faith. And you pray for it as if it will come through praying for it. We are going to look at what Jesus did with his disciples when they came to him and wanted him to increase their faith. Okay? We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, isn't it? But faith grows not by praying for it. We are going to share with you how your faith can grow. Amen. Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 17. Because most of us, we all claim to be Christians. We claim to be believers. What should a believer do? Believe, isn't it? If you are a believer, it means you need to be believe. Okay? A believer believes. So we shouldn't find believers who don't believe. Or believers who use their faith occasionally. So I want us to go to the book of Luke chapter 17 in the TLB. Verse 5, 6, and then 7 to 9. TLB, Luke 17. If you've got it for us, Mr. MJ, you can read Luke 17, 5 to 6, and then 7 to 9. If you don't have it yet, I will read it. One day the apostles said to the Lord, we need more faith. Tell us how to get it. Just listen to that. One time the disciples came to Jesus and they said, 
We need more faith. Tell us how to get it. So I think this may be like, sometimes some of you are feeling in your heart, I don't think I've got enough faith. I think I need more faith. I think this challenge to me, is, it seems too big that I think I need more faith. How many of you know that you will never be tested by something that's beyond your strength? The Bible says when a challenge comes your way, God knows that you can handle it. So when the disciples said, we need more faith, tell us how to get it. Jesus replies, if your faith were only the size of a mustard seed, a mustard seed is a very tiny seed, it would be large enough to uproot that mulberry tree over there and send it hurtling into the sea, your command would bring immediate results. Okay. They come to Jesus asking for more faith. And Jesus says, if your faith is like a mustard seed, you know what mustard seed? It's a very tiny seed. If it falls down there, I may not see it from this distance. So it means there is no faith smaller than even the mustard seed because that's very small. So whatever faith that you have, at least it's a mustard seed or bigger. Okay? So he says, you don't necessarily need me to increase your faith. If your faith is like a mustard seed and you use it, it can move trees, it can move mountains. Okay? So maybe just so that you get this. How many of you know that seeds are usually small? And they will remain small unless you plant them. Okay? Yes. So when you need a big tree, you don't necessarily need a big seed. How, how many of you have ever seen a seed bigger than this? There are no such seeds. Why? It's because seeds are meant to be sown and planted and then they can bring the big results. Amen. Amen. So when the disciples came to Jesus and said, increase our faith, we want more faith. He says, use the faith that you have and it will grow as you use it. Amen. I want you to get this. Because if you think your faith is tiny, your faith is small, it will remain small unless you plant it. Just like a seed remains small unless it's planted. They actually say that the mustard seed is small, but even Jesus gave this example. He said, but when that seed is grown, a mustard tree becomes a big tree that even the birds of the air come and make nests. You remember when Jesus said something like that about the mustard seed? So in essence, he was saying, it's not the size of the seed that counts. It's whether you are planting that seed to get big results. Amen. If you look at most people that Jesus, that received a miracle from Jesus, some of them were not even in church. Just meet him along the way, and they knew that Jesus can do this for me. They say, Jesus, have mercy on me. And may you do this for me. And then he did it for them. So I want each one of you never to feel like my faith is too small that it can do nothing. It's only small if you are not using it. 
So con let's continue. You will see. It says, if your faith were only the side of a mustard seed, Jesus answered, it would be large enough to uproot that mulberry tree over there and send it hurtling into the sea. Your command would bring immediate results. So in essence, he's saying, you don't need me to increase your faith. Just give command. And then you will see what faith can do. Okay, now he says, seven to nine. When a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of the sheep, he doesn't just sit down and eat, but first prepares his master's meal and serves him his supper before he eats his own. And he is not even thanked, for he is merely doing what he is supposed to do. Okay, why is Jesus talking about a servant when he was talking about faith? Hmm? You see, he was talking about the faith. He said, if you use your faith, if you use your faith, then he says, when a servant comes from plowing or taking care of the sheep, he doesn't just sit down and eat. We expect servants to work, isn't it? Your faith is your servant. Let your servant work for you. Some of you, you've kept your faith so dormant. It's doing nothing. Huh? It's doing nothing. So if I were to ask any of you, when last did you use your faith? Because they just are supposed to live by faith. You're supposed to, live your, to use your faith every moment. Amen. Whatever thing that you are facing, use your faith. Amen. 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 Because he says, who of you when a servant is coming back, you let them just sit down? Don't you let them work and serve you? Let your faith serve you. Amen. Let your faith work. And start where you are. Some of you, you are waiting to have big faith to exercise faith. It doesn't work like that. As faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, you use the faith that you have in your own situation. Each of us are facing things, isn't it? You need to use your faith. Because if you don't use your faith, let me just give you this example. Because faith is powerful. How many of you know that faith is powerful? Amen. 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 How many of you know that a lion is a powerful animal? How many of you know that a dead lion is not powerful? How many of you know that a dead faith can do nothing? So, no matter how powerful the lion is, if it's dead, it can do nothing. No matter how powerful your faith is, if it's dead, it can do nothing. Let's go to James 2.17 in the Amplified. So that you can see that indeed faith which does not work is as good as dead. So if we were to say, to ask each one of you, when last you use your faith and you say, no, my faith doesn't work. My faith is doing nothing. Then it's dead. Okay? You are just a believer by name. We see you going to church, or we see you still saying you are a believer. But you're not believing. You're not using your faith. When challenges come, 
You put your hands on your head and you cry. And when challenges come, you were supposed to use your faith. James 2.17 Amplified. So, also faith, if it does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience to make it up, by itself is destitute of power in operative it is dead. Okay. So, faith, if it's not having the deeds or actions of faith, is destitute of power. It is an operative. It is dead. Okay. Now, the disciples went to Jesus to ask for more faith. We are here and we are saying to you, even if you have faith like a master see, if you plant it, it will bring big results. But now James talks about dead faith. So what does dead faith do? Nothing. So what has your faith been doing? If it has not been doing anything, then it is dead. Okay? Say, Pastor, I know that I'm still a Christian and I'm believing God. So what are you trusting God for? And when you believe, do you really believe? Hmm? Because he says faith without works is dead. So if faith, <coughs> we say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, we are not told how faith grows. But when I look at the story that Jesus talked about when he said when the disciples wanted more faith, he says to them, if your faith is like a mustard seed, it can move mountains, it can move big trees. It means faith, I would infer from that, faith grows by using it. Amen. Amen. Let me give you this simple illustration. Do you know that even muscles develop by using them? Huh? If you see some of those people with muscles, how do those muscles grow or develop? By praying for them. By using as you exercise, you get strong. As you exercise, you develop those muscles. So it means, because sometimes I look, you see some people with, like Abner likes exercising and that. So that's why he's got muscles stronger than mine. Because he uses his often, isn't it? He's exercising. So similarly, even your faith, some of us have got strong faith. Why? Not because we, we, we've got big faith or whatever. It's because we use them. We use that faith. Okay. Let again, let's take the same example of, of, of the people with, who develop the masses. I can get this. Okay? This one. Similarly, for all of us, 
Whatever thing that you are facing, start where you are. You cannot expect to carry that big one when you cannot carry the smaller ones, isn't it? Mm. So, I want to give you this example now with faith. What do you think is the smaller... Let's talk about sicknesses now. What are those smaller sicknesses that you can exercise your muscles with? Yeah, fools, and headaches, isn't it? Those are the ones you you need to start there. You see, when 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 flu hits you or headache comes, if you always run for Panado, you are missing an opportunity to exercise. Okay? The day when the devil hits you with cancer, you will find it's very hard to carry that. Because your faith was not used to carrying heavy things. Okay? So this is just a challenge to start to say, start where you are. If I expect to carry this big speaker, I should start increasing bit by bit, exercising bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit. So imagine you told you've got cancer or you've got HIV, it's incurable and all that. And you haven't been exercising your faith with those smaller ones, then you will find it hard to carry the bigger ones, isn't it? But if we start with the smaller ones, where you are, start where you are. You know that song, Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner. Now, in this case, we want you to use your faith where you are. At the level that you are at, Use your faith. And as you use your faith, the more you use it, the more it grows. You get that? The problem with most people is that they don't want to use their faith. They want other people to believe for them. Hmm. There are people who don't want to use their faith. They want other people to believe for them. I remember one time, yeah, I was still working... Yeah, I was still a doctor in the Navy in Simon's town. So I shared the gospel with one person, and this person he was drunk, but he was now willing to give his life over to the Lord. It was in the evening. Then he said, Dr. Pussy, you need to pray for me. I think you need to pray the whole night. <laughs> but he was going to sleep. So. You want me to pray for you the whole night when you are sleeping. It's not right. I should support you when you are also standing. I'm going to give you an example about somebody who wanted other people to believe for him. And Jesus said it doesn't work like that. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. In the good news. From 17 to 24. Mark chapter 9. 17 to 24. Jesus doesn't recommend that people use other people's faith and not their faith. Okay? You can rely on the anointing that is upon me. Okay? Because the Lord has anointed me. The Lord has placed some of us among you with a special anointing, then that will then tell you. 
But with faith, all of us have been given a measure of faith. You know that Bible says, you have all been given a measure of faith. Now, if you want that faith to grow, use it. Mark chapter 9, 17 to 24, good news. Let's hear about this man. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son to you because he has an evil spirit in him and cannot talk. Whenever the spirit attacks him, it throws him to the ground and he falls at the mouth, grits his teeth, and becomes ill all over. I asked the disciples to drive the spirit out, but they could not. Jesus said to them, How unbelieving you people are. So he says, How unbelieving you people are. So he's challenging them. Mm-hmm. How long must I stay with you? In other words, if you are always going to want me to exercise faith on your behalf, how long must I stay with you? How long do I have to put up with you? So he was really not happy. Can you repeat those three questions? Because Jesus was not happy about this. He was feeling, why would you always depend on me when there are things that your faith can do for you? Jesus said to them, How unbelieving you people are. How long must I stay with you? How long do I have to put up with you? Mm. So do you think Jesus may be saying that in the days we're living in, some of you are keeping on saying, it's all up to God. You want God to believe for you? Hmm? He says, how long must I put up with this? Okay, continue. Bring the boy to me. They brought him to Jesus. As soon as the Spirit saw Jesus, it threw the boy into a pit so that he fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. How long has it been like this? Jesus asked the father. Ever since he was a child, he replied. Many times the evil spirit has tried to kill him by throwing him in the fire and into the water. Have pity on us and help us, if you possibly can. Okay, if you possibly can, please help us. So, this man was throwing the ball onto Jesus. Jesus, if you can help us, please help us. Mm -hmm. Yes, said Jesus. If you yourself can, everything is possible for for the person who has faith. So, what was Jesus doing here? This man throws the ball to Jesus. He says, if you can, We know you are a great man of faith. You can help us. And Jesus doesn't say, you're right. He says, if you yourself can. All things are possible to the person who has faith. So what was Jesus doing here? He was throwing the ball back into this man's court to say, actually, you don't necessarily need me to believe for you. You can have faith, you can believe God, and God can do it for you. So he says, if you can do anything, says, if you can do anything, have mercy on us and help us. Jesus says, what do you mean if you can do anything? All things are possible to him who believes. 
So in other words, you need to believe, you need to use your faith and see what God can do. Continue. The father at once cried out, I do have faith, but not enough. Help me to have more. Okay, this sounds like the disciples. Repeat that. It sounds like increase our faith. Amen. The father at once cried out, I do have faith, but not enough. Help me to have more. Okay. Now, with the introduction I gave you about how Jesus answered the disciples, how do you answer this one? Because now he says, I do have faith, but it's not enough. Help me to have more. I would have said to him, use the one you have. It will grow. Because the question is, did he even try, when he is asking for more, did he use the one he had? Did he pray for this boy? Did he try to cast out demons from this boy? He is keeping on asking for more faith before he can use the faith he has. So Jesus says, when he says, I do have faith, but it's not enough. Help me to have more. Jesus will not help us to have more faith. He wants us to use the faith that we have. And our faith will grow as we use it. Whatever situation you are in now, don't miss an opportunity to exercise your faith. Some of you say, Master, this has been hard on me. It's been hard, hard. I've been trying my best. I've been pushing and pushing. I think I'm getting tired now. Can I say to you, you are a soldier. You are in the army. That's what, that, that's the training of a soldier. Amen. So the harder the training, the easier the better. Did you know that if you are a soldier and you don't train when other soldiers are training, you will suffer on the day of battle? Okay? So as it feels to be hard, you need to just say, I'm in a train. I'm in a train. Amen? Amen. And as I'm being trained, I'm getting stronger. I'm exercising. I'm getting stronger. When bigger challenges come, my faith will be strong enough to carry those. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the book of Mark chapter 4. Let's look also again at the disciples because they are asking him to give them more faith. Now Jesus rebuked that man to say, what do you mean if I can do anything? You use your faith. Okay? Now, the disciples had the same thing. Go to Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 14, the good news. Again, we're showing you that use the faith you have. Don't always expect somebody to use their faith for you. You can join hands with somebody in faith and they support you. You can come to me as the servant of the Lord and tap on the anointing that God has placed upon my life. That is scriptural. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? Okay? She had faith to be healed. Irrespective of what Jesus was thinking about. She said, if I just touch his garment, I will be made whole. So, all she needed was to connect with the anointing. She said, I know that he is anointed. I just need that anointing 
to touch my faith. If I can just touch that anointing by my faith, I will be made whole. So as she was pushing, when she touched Jesus, power moved from Jesus. That's the anointing she was looking for. It moved from Jesus and made her whole. How many of you know that Jesus didn't use his faith to heal that woman? He didn't use his faith. Amen. Amen. It's only the anointing that was from him that was demanded by her faith. Amen. It was her faith that made her whole. That's why you will hear Jesus say, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Daughter, great is your faith. You get that? Now look at this, Mark 4, 35 to 40, good news. On the evening of the same day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they left the crowd, the disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already sitting, and they took him with them. Other boats were there too. Suddenly a strong wind blew up, and the waves began to spill over into the boat, so that it was about to, to fill with water. Okay, so there was a wind here. Strong wind, a challenge is coming their way. Okay? Storms. We face storms even when we have Jesus, isn't it? Mm. Even when you are a Christian, you will still continue to face the storms. The problem is not the storms. The problem is what, how do you respond to the storms? Continue. Jesus was in the back of the boat, sleeping with his head on a pillow. I like this. How many of you afford to sleep even in the middle of the storms? Some of you, if there are storms around your life, you can't sleep. But sleepless nights, you end up getting into depression. Huh? Because the storms are tormenting you. Jesus was sleeping. Storms or no storm, Jesus was sleeping, resting. Continue. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that you are about to die? So they were thinking, for this storm to stop, Jesus must do it. Jesus must believe God for us. That's what in essence was happening here. Because if Jesus taught them faith, why did they even have to wake him up? Maybe they were in that mode that we don't have strong enough faith. Jesus increase our faith. Use the faith you have. Rebuke, rebuke it and see if it will not silence us. Continue. Jesus stood up and commanded the wind, Be quiet! And he said to the winds, Be still! The wind died down, and there was a great power. Okay. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you frightened? Have you still no faith? Okay. Why is Jesus asking them, Do you still have no faith? What was he in essence saying? He said to them, it's the same with what he told that man. You remember when he told that man, how long must I put up with this? How long will you keep on looking, depending on me, on my faith? Now he says, 
Why are you frightened? Don't you have faith? Can't you use your faith? Did you even have to wake me up for this? That's what I think he meant. It's not written like that. But if, if there was a Mufasi translation of that, it would have said, did you guys have to even wake me up for this? Couldn't your faith have sorted this matter out? Hmm? Because the disciples thought our faith is not strong enough to rebuke this wind. Do you sometimes feel like your faith is not strong enough to rebuke your challenge? But if the scripture that says there is no trial or no temptation that will come your way which is bigger than your strength, it means your faith is strong enough to handle it. Okay? So never allow the devil to discourage you and tell you you don't have enough faith to handle this. Because if you didn't have enough faith to handle it, God would not have allowed it to come your way. So the fact that it has come your way, God knows that your faith can handle it. Tell your neighbor, whatever you are facing, God knows your faith can handle it. Just use your faith. Amen. 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 Because actually Jesus, he so much trusts us that even the time when he left, he even said, those who believe, let's go to John chapter 14, 10 to 12 in the King James. I just want to show you that Jesus trusted us that if you have faith, you actually, the things that Jesus did, it wasn't something special that you cannot do. Okay? So when he said when he was still with them, how long must I keep up with it? How long must I do with it? So in essence, he was saying, I've taught you how to have faith, that you can exercise faith the same way that I have exercised faith. Your faith can bring results just as much as my faith can bring results. And that's what I'm saying to you. That's what Jesus is saying to you even today. Your faith can bring results just as much as Jesus' faith could bring results. Some of you are keeping on wishing, I wish I had lived during the time of Jesus. I wish I was with Jesus. He would just command things for me. No. Jesus thinks that whatever the Father has invested in him, he has also invested in you. So go to it. John chapter 14, 10 to 12, King James. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works that, than this shall he do. Because I go unto my Father. Now, if you look at this, look at the kind of trust that Jesus has on us. Just do this to your neighbor and say, look at the kind of trust that the Lord had on us. He says, I'm going to the Father. The works that I did, you can do. Even greater works than this, because I'm going. So he's saying, I've invested enough in you that you can handle that. And the devil will keep on telling you, you don't have enough faith. Use the faith you have. 
and it will grow. Keep on using it. Keep on exercising it. Keep on using it. And it will keep on growing. Okay. So just to show you this point of exercising, go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 in the Good News. Because we want to equate exactly like what I told you when I began here. That if you want your muscles to develop, you've got to exercise. Keep on carrying things. And your, your muscles will get stronger and stronger. That when heavy objects have to be carried, you, you can carry them. So similarly, in your faith walk, wherever you are now, exercise. Keep on exercising. The problem with some Christians is that they are not exercising their faith. They are relaxed. Some of them, they don't even come to church. They come to church leisurely. Hmm? If you are a soldier and you are always shying away from training, when other soldiers are going for training, you are always dodging. You will be in trouble on the day of death. You see, because what is one thing that is for sure is that each one of us will get our day of trouble. Okay? Your challenges will come. The only issue is whether you have been developing yourself enough to face whatever storms that are thrown away. 1 Timothy 4 8. Physical exercise has some value. Okay, physical exercise has some value. That's why you can spend some time in the gym. It's valuable. It's got some value. Mm-hmm. But spiritual exercise is valuable in every way. Amen. I like this. Spiritual exercise is valuable in every way. Okay? Spiritual exercise is valuable in every way. Why? Because it promises life both for the present and for the future. Amen. I like that. I like that the spiritual exercise has got value for this life and the life to come. So it means whatever may be thrown against me in this life, I've been exercising enough to handle it. Amen. I may not have those muscles like a bodybuilder because that's physical, but my spirit is like that. Amen. My spirit is like that. I've been exercising my spirit. I've been exercising my spirit. And I'm strong in the Lord because I've been exercising my spirit. Is this encouraging you to exercise your muscles? Your spiritual muscles? He says physical exercise has some value. But spiritual exercise is more valuable in every way. Did you know that even the, even the discipline of praying without ceasing is a spiritual exercise? Just the discipline of knowing that you must not forsake the assembling together with the other saints is a spiritual exercise. The discipline of knowing that when your faith is challenged, you need to use your faith. It's a spiritual exercise. Amen. Don't let your faith just lie dormant. Use your faith. 
You know why we need to do that? It's because we have the enemy. And his name is the devil. And he doesn't want you to enjoy anything on the earth. His mission is actually to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So if it was up to the devil, he would have killed you already. Amen. Don't you think if it was up to the devil, he would have killed me already? Mm. He would have, but he can't. Amen. Amen. Because I stay right under the blood of Jesus. Well, the devil can do me no harm. He wants to do me harm, but I'm going to stay right under the blood of Jesus. Where he can do me no harm. No weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper. Any tongue that raises up against me will be condemned. This is the inheritance, the heritage of the children of God. Amen. 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 You get that? So, look at this. Matthew 11, 12 in the Amplified. Matthew 11, 12, Amplified. The reason why you need to keep on exercising your faith is because we've got the enemy and his name is the devil. And he will want to make life hard for you. He will want you to even see no meaning in life. Haven't you heard of people who committed suicide? It means they look at life and see no meaning. They look at their problem and it's too big that they can't carry it. Okay? Because there is a devil who even exaggerates. He makes things to look impossible. He tells you there is no way out of this. Okay? Now, as we go into that Mark 11, 12, I just want to give you an illustration. I want you to think of your faith and use your faith like a mechanic uses a tool. Okay, those of you with hands. Okay, Mr. Moore, I will take the example with you. When you want to change your tires or you want to change the car battery, Call 
Declare things. Speak things into existence. Amen. 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 Because faith, you see, it's like, I always like this illustration, how God created the heavens and the earth. Imagine if God were to create the heavens and the earth like what you could do. You work with your hands. Okay? Push this water to one side. Plant trees all over the whole earth. Do this, do this, do this, do this. You see that it was going to be a very difficult task. But look at this pan. Let there be light. Look at the span. Let dry land appear. Let the trees and herbs and everything grow from here. You see how the span is working? Jesus did the same thing. Finds the fig tree. He expected to find some figs there. Then he realized he doesn't have and he says, no one eats food from you here after forever. You, you know what he could have done if you wanted that tree to die. What do you think he should have done if it were you? He would have to say, disciples, go and get the eggs. Go, go and get the eggs. We didn't know that we will meet a fig tree here and now we came without an eggs. We said, somebody go and get the eggs. Come back. Is it is, let no man eat fruit from you here after Amen. 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 Can you start using your faith like that? Amen. Declaring things and calling things into being. Amen. 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 Speak it. Just use your faith. The other time, I like that illustration of the guy with uh, the centurion. When Jesus said, I'll come and heal. Your, your, your servant. And the, the centurion said, you don't even need to come under my roof. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Okay. Again, I will make an example with Brother Man. Because he said it's strong. <laughs> Brother Man, <Manda>, come to the <laughs> Okay. Now. I want to show you a simple principle. How hard do you think it would have been if I had gone there and tried to pull Brother Mount? <laughs> and he didn't want to come here. It was going to be hard, isn't it? But what did I do? I did it the God's way. Just say, come. Now you can go and <laughs> The centurion was saying, Jesus, you just need to do that. Just speak. And it will happen. Now, the difficulty is to go and pull him from his chair. And then if he doesn't want then he pull, pull, pull. You may even fall over him. Okay? And when he comes here, if I want him to go back, push, 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 that's hard. That's what some of you are doing. That's why the Bible says, not by power nor by might, but my spirit, by my spirit. Amen. 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 Just declare it. Sometimes your mind will keep on telling you, by just saying it, brother, you think it will work? Just saying it. 
So if your mind tells you that, ask it, how special are you? Because for God it worked even when he just spoke. It worked for Jesus by just speaking. So why do you want to be exempted from this? Speak. Amen. 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 Speak. And it will happen as you declare it. Said Matthew eleven twelve. And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has enjoyed violent assault. Okay, so it seems like there is something that is attacking the kingdom in you. Okay, there are evil forces that have been, that are always attacking. The kingdom of God has been suffering. Violent assault. Mm-hmm. And violent men seize it by force. Mm. As a precious price. Mm. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. So you seek it with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Okay? Because the violent take it back by force. Because there is your enemy who is trying to forcefully take things from you. He's forcefully taking your health away from you. He's forcefully taking health away from you. And he wants to give you sickness. So you need to forcefully take back what belongs to you. Amen. Amen. So as he is trying to take it away from you, you take back by faith. The kingdom of God has been suffering violence and the violent take it by force. Are we going to be more forceful? Are we going to be more forceful? And you can be on, only be more forceful if you have been exercising. Tell your neighbor, you can only be more forceful if you have been exercising. Mm. If you haven't been exercising, it will not be easy to be forceful. Okay? If you haven't been exercising, you will find things very hard to pick up. But if you've been exercising, you will be strong. You will be strong. So let's begin our descent. Let's go prepare for landing. Go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18 in the King James. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 8 in the King James. I'm just sharing this with you so that you may know that each one of us will face a challenge and will keep on facing challenges all the time. But God wants you to be strong in Him. And you get strong in Him as you keep on exercising, spiritual exercise. When we say there is a week of prayer, you are there. When he said, he said, it's time you are there. When it's time to pray at home, you are there. When it's time to study the word of God, you are there. That's spiritual exercise. So that when tough times come, you will be strong. You will be strong. You won't be doing like the disciples increase our faith. Jesus says, use the faith you have. You won't be doing like that man coming to Jesus. If you can do anything for us, help us. There's no you. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So you now have to say, the Lord has entrusted me. That indeed, 
I can use my faith. And I can be strong. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren. Okay, I'm also saying that because I'm about to land. <laughs> After all the things we've said, I'm saying finally. So if you were sleeping, wake up now. I'm led finally. Okay? He says, finally, my brethren. Mm-hmm. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why, why do you need to be strong? Because there is a force against you. There are forces that are arrayed against you. There are wicked spiritual forces in heaven, the places that are arrayed against you. Okay? You've got an enemy, he hates you. And his name is the devil. He wants to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He wants to steal your job. Okay? He wants to steal your life. He wants to steal your peace. But I say be strong in the Lord. Be strong. Why are you getting strong? You're getting ready for the day of battle. You're getting ready for the day of battle. So you are in essence saying, devil, bring it on. I'm ready for you. Amen. I'm not afraid of you. Be strong. No, start start again. I like that. Be strong. And I like that. Be strong. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Mm. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So now, do you see why you have to be strong? Do you see why you have to be strong? Do you see why you have to put on the armor? So that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil is out there to attack you. You need to be strong. So that when those wiles, when those weapons are thrown against you, you will be able to stand. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, do you see what we are faced with? I want Mr. MJ to repeat those things that are arrayed against you. It's not flesh and blood. Those of you who are still fighting with people, you are wasting your time. Our battle is bigger than that. When you are still checking, I heard sister so-and-so was talking about me and, and I was so there out and this and this. You're wasting your time. There is bigger battle. He says our battle is not against flesh and blood. What, what are we contending with? But against principalities. Against principalities. Against not, okay, the principalities. It's not the junior ones. Okay? Tell your neighbor principalities, not the junior ones. So that's what you are faced with. Huh? That's what you are faced with. You are not faced with novice demons. Don't you, do you know that there are no baby demons who just got born again? Who, just, who, who were just created about last week or so? The demons that are there today were the very first ones when, when, when Satan was thrown from heaven. You know that initially Satan was one of the Archangels of God, his name was Lucifer. He was in charge of worship in heaven. And when pride came to him, he said, I can build my own empire. 
I can come against the most high. And the most high will fight with him. He gave him another angel to live with Okay? So Michael handled it. The Bible says, when he was thrown out, he took a fan of the angels with him. Okay? And those fallen angels that fell with him is what we today call demons. Okay? That's what you are faced with. So they have lost their place in heaven. That's why the devil is not happy about it. That's why he is out destroying. If you look at the amount of carnage that we are facing, you look at how the accidents happening all over, people being shot all over. You can see there is another force behind. Okay? So now he says you are faced against principalities. Mm -hmm. Against powers. Okay, there are powers. Mm? Powers. Mm, they are there. But you've got what it takes. Mm -hmm. Against? Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. So it means this world, the darkness of this world has got rulers. Huh? Can I give you a simple example? When it says against rulers of the darkness of this world, it means what you see in this world, there is something, there is a place in the spiritual realm where things are controlled. Okay? That's why you would find that people can put a curse on you and you find that that person is going somewhere and things happen in the physical on that person because they were somewhere in the spiritual where the cases were thrown at the person. Now, for you as a Christian, the good thing is you operate in that realm. Amen. So you can deal with it there. That the enemy cannot even attack you here because you are dealing with him in the spiritual realm. Okay? Against rulers of darkness of this world. Uh -huh. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there are spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what you are faced with. But don't be afraid. God has given you the armor. God has given you something enough to handle that. That's why I say put on that armor. When you are put on that armor, those wickedness in high places, all those rulers of darkness of this world, all those things, they can do you no harm. Amen. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Amen. Any tongue that rises up against you in judgment will be condemned. Amen. That is your inheritance as a child of God. Amen. 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 We are not saying that there are no rulers of darkness of this world. We are not saying that there are no evil powers. Okay? Those evil powers are there. You can try it. If you just decline that you are not under the protection of the blood of Jesus. Those rulers of darkness can kill you any moment. Those rulers of darkness can make you lose your mind. You find that you are somebody, maybe this person has been a principal of a school. You know that the devil is very cruel. Hmm. And you find the person has lost his mind. Rulers, principalities, powers. That's what we are contending with. But I'm glad that we are not 
magnifying those. Because God is saying, put on my armor. I've equipped you to handle that. Amen. Don't be afraid of the enemy. So what are you supposed to put on? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Okay, take unto you the whole armor. When somebody is taking an armor, it means they are ready for war. Okay? When you take the armor, it means you are ready for war. So take unto you the whole armor of God. The good thing is, if it's God's armor, you cannot be defeated. Tell your neighbor, if it's God's armor, you cannot be defeated. Amen. I'm putting on the armor of God. I'm putting on the armor of God. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Mm-hmm. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Okay. So, I don't mind about how many evil days come. I've got what it takes to fight anything that the enemy throws at me. I'm putting on the whole armor of God. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Okay. Having done all to stand, what are you supposed to do? Stand. Say, Pastor, I've been going through this for a long time. I've been praying since it's not working. I've been believing God since it's not working. What more must I do? I've been standing and standing and standing. What are you supposed to do if you have been standing and standing and standing? Stand. You are a soldier. You are in the army. Amen. Amen. You remember the song? Like a soldier in the army. Amen. Yes, that's who you are. Amen. Can you do that again? only thing I will change in that song is, I will not be a winner, I'm a winner. Amen. I am a winner. I am a winner. I have what it takes to win. God has invested his nature in me. That's why the Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. So you have what it takes to win. Having done all to stand Stand. Amen. Keep on standing. Amen. So what will help you stand? Helping your loins stand with the truth. Okay, now. The loins is your waist. Isn't it? It's here. Many people, especially if you look at uh, people taking that, that thing, the belt, it's not just to decorate, it was more like to give you stability. Okay? As you are standing, you need that belt. Okay? Around your waist. Okay? Mm -hmm. And getting on the breastplate.
based on righteousness. Okay, now. You've got something here. Now you need a breastplate of righteousness. Wouldn't you equate a breastplate with a... Uh, what is this? They call them uh, bulletproof vest. Huh? I think police and soldiers have got something like that. Bulletproof vest. So now, you've got the breastplate of righteousness. It's because you know the enemy will keep on accusing you. He will keep on telling you you are not worthy. You say you want, you start praying, he tells you, and if it were the pastor or somebody, maybe, but not you. You need that breastplate of righteousness to know that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Amen. I have this boldness when I approach the throne of grace. <laughs> Continue. And your feet shall with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I like this. So as I have that, I'm also spreading the gospel. I'm also giving testimony about what God does. He's done it for me. I can tell other people he will do it for them also. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm. Above all, taking the shield of faith mm -hmm. wherewith we shall be able to quench all the filters of the weekend. I like this one. He puts all the armors, but he says above all. Okay? There are all these armors, but above all take the shield of faith. That's why we keep on telling you about something that is above all. As we keep on telling you faith, and you say, Pastor keeps on telling us about faith, it's above all. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Okay. The enemy is throwing darts. The enemy is attacking. Okay. Above all, take the shield of faith. Take that shield. As the enemy is throwing all his dance, you just quench him. Quench him by faith. Quench him by faith. Mm -hmm. And take the element of salvation mm. and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I like this. You see that we're not only having the shield to defend, but we also have the sword to attack. Okay? You have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If, when the devil comes, if you keep on saying, it is written, it is written, it is written, I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. It is written, no weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper. Any tongue that raised up against me, judgment will be condemned. It is written, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It is written, he has given his angels charge over me to protect me in all my ways. So you are using that sword of the Spirit. You are using that sword of the Spirit. Amen. Use that sword. Why do you have the sword and you don't use it? Hmm? Children of God, even whatever we keep on sharing with you, I would urge that when you come to church, have a notebook. Okay? Unless if you've got a computer mind. You've got a, if your mind is a computer, then that's fine. You keep things and store them all the time. But if your mind is like mine, which can forget, 
I would advise you to have a notebook so that some of the scripture, as we are sharing, your spirit is feeding. Okay? But you need to keep that word constantly before you. So it means sometimes you need to write those notes down, write those scriptures down. When you go home, keep on revising them. Keep on meditating upon this word day and night. Keep on making it a reality in you. It's almost like, imagine what I've just been doing with you now since we began. As I was sharing with you, I believe something within your spirit was catching the fire. And you were feeling, I've got what it takes to you. Imagine now if for 24 hours you're keeping on hearing this. For 24 hours you're keeping on hearing this. Because when we were sharing this, I don't think any of you were thinking of the dance that you did. Were you now out of there settling the dance? No. Your spirit was getting strong and so All those things are put on standby now. Now, imagine if you are always constant in the presence of God like that. Constantly hearing the word of God. Taking that word. Use that sword of the spirit against the enemy. 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Okay. Fortunately or unfortunately, the armor includes prayer. Tell your neighbor, fortunately or unfortunately, the army is prayer. Do you know that there are some Christians who are very lazy to pray? But trust me on. Why would you put that armor down? Do you know that people of this world, when they've got an armor, they trust in that armor? Okay? So you've got the spiritual armor. Okay? He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance. You persevere in prayer. You persevere in prayer. Amen. That's part of your spiritual exercise. That's part of your spiritual exercise. Amen. So that you may be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So do you see that when the disciples were saying to Jesus, increase our faith? He did not increase their faith. He told them, if your faith is like a mustard seed, you can use it and it will bring big results. So similarly, I believe the rest of you now know you don't have to go and ask God for to increase your faith. Use the faith that you have. Be subjected to spiritual discipline. Prayer, supplications. Spending time in the way. Not forsaking the assembly of other believers together. Okay? And using your faith wherever you are. At whatever level that you are at. Whatever challenge that you are facing, use your faith. And be strong. Get strong as you develop your faith. I want us to stand up and thank God for the word that we've had. And as we are going to pray... I want you to think of those things where the enemy is threatening you, telling you you don't have enough faith. You need now to tell him, I'm using my faith. As I'm planting it, my faith may be like a mustard seed, but I'm planting it. I'm using it. I'm not going to keep on struggling on my own. 
Because it's not by power nor by mind. I'm going to make a declaration. Make a declaration. And say, Pastor, are you playing psychology with us? No. That's how God says it works. That's what God did when he created the heavens and the earth. That's what Jesus did when he was on the earth. Speak things into being. So you speak to your world. You speak to your mountains. You speak to your trees. You speak to your challenges. You speak to your sickness. You speak to whatever the enemy is placing against you. Declare it. In Jesus' name. We can all thank God for the word that we've heard.